Hey, whoa, this week on Two Dynamite Dudes, Marcus and I talk about Thunder Rosa winning the AEW Women's World Championship, friend of the show. Also, we give our tribute to the late, great Scott Hall and how he influenced Marcus and I as wrestling fans and how he's the sole reason we became wrestling fans. Plus, we talk former AEW EVP Cody Rhodes reportedly signing with WWE and debuting in WrestleMania 38. The Hardys' AEW in-ring debut against Private Party. Chris Jericho renaming 2.0 and knighting Jericho's Appreciation Society as Sports Entertainers. The potential of FTR being managed by Bret Hart. Hmm. Wheeler, Utah initiated by William Regal. Hmm. Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland joining forces. Hmm. Wardlow being ambushed by MJF and America Top Team. All that and so much more. This week on 2, 2, Who? Oh, it's 2, Dynamite Dudes. On a rampage, she go. Dominic D'Angelo of WrestleZone.com, and this is an episode of Two Two Who? Oh, it is Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage, and I gotta say, Marcus, hey yo, brother. Hey yo, Dom. Uh, I was wondering why you were doing the very somber uh, intro, and now it's, now it's all coming together. Now it makes a little more sense, huh? Yes. Yes. Um, boy, what a loss. What a loss for the wrestling world. I know a uh, big loss for you on a personal level. I know that you were a huge, huge Scott Hall fan when we were growing up, as was I. I love Scott Hall. Uh, such a great worker. Honestly, I think one of the most underrated workers, ring skills of all time. And, you know, everybody says like, ah, you know, when he was motivated, he was good. Even when he wasn't motivated, he was still better than most. He's um, still really good. Yeah. Right. Still, still awesome. So love Scott Hall. Um, and, uh, you know, rest in peace. Uh, I'm, I've, I prayed for him. I'll continue to pray for him. Uh, it's love the bad guy. Yeah, no, I wanted to take some time a little bit to talk to about him actually. Um, yeah, basically Marcus. Hey Dom, um, real quick. Let's just say hi to everybody jumping in. That yeah. show, what's up? Thank you for joining us. John Howard missed it last week. He was motherfucking himself, but he's here now. Oh man. And, uh, Jason Michael Campbell. What's up, buddy? Uh, guys, thank you all for joining us. Uh, glad yeah. to have you here. And, Let's talk some wrestling. First, let's, we'll, we'll let's talk a little Scott Hall. So yeah, so Marcus, I was thinking as I was writing up these, uh, like the what you see down on the ticker tape there. So I was writing these up when when I wrote that one out. Or no, I'm sorry, when I was writing out the whole just outline for the show, um, like I wrote, like, hey, this is Scott Hall is the sole reason that me and you, he's the reason we're here. He really is. Think about it. One hundred percent. 100%. Scott Hall is the only reason Marcus and I are here and doing what we're doing. Uh, Ed, why, I, don't you, why don't you explain that a little? Sure. So, uh, you know, I, Marcus and I, we were very young. At uh, five years old, I was, I kind of tuned into wrestling and I got, I did get into it courtesy of Hulk Hogan. But then I fell out of it, you know, five years, four years, whatever. And then I just remember flicking through the channels and there's this guy on there, slick black, black hair, 
Um, just cool as shit looking. And then he just was beating up some guy. It was WF program and it was Razor Ramon. And I remember my dad being like, hey, that guy's really cool. And I was like, yeah, he is pretty damn cool. And all of a sudden, there it was again. And uh, when I transferred from Catholic school to public school, one of my good buddies, Bob Butterfuss, happened to be a big wrestling fan as well. And that really got the ball rolling. And so, therefore, you know, I always liked Razor Ramon. Marcus was kind of trying to find who he was liking. And well, it really started for me yeah. around late 97 because uh, I remember you were tuning into WCW uh, to watch Scott Hall. And uh, I was like, wait, uh, is this WWF? I didn't understand it. I was still pretty young. And you're like, no, it's another company. And they kind of, they're sort of like WWF. They, they do wrestling too. And Scott Hall works for them now. Razor Ramon works for them now. I was like, oh, cool. And he was tag teaming with Randy Savage. And me being the younger brother, I, I always wanted to be like Dom. When he said that he liked Emmett Smith, I was like, well, I like Troy Aikman and I'm a Cowboys fan. I'm still a Cowboys fan and he's not. I'm not. I'm a Jets um, fan. <laughs> but uh, so he was tag teaming with Randy Savage because Nash was out injured or something at the time um and i was like okay i like randy savage but then i found out that kevin nash was scott hall's tag team partner and ever since i've been a huge kevin nash fan so scott hall legitimately 100 is the reason that dominic and i are wrestling fans exactly and so yeah marcus i have it right here too i want to show this i think it was in altoona pa at maybe a kb toy store one of the toy stores in altoona pa we got this figure the Razor Ramon Bone Cruncher. That exact uh, one. That This exact one. And Marcus, I have this exact figure you got too. Somewhere we'll put, yep, right here. What's this? For you fans that can't see, these are the Bone Crunching action figures. Brett to Hitman Hart. Exact one. Exact one we had as kids. As kids. And so that's really what got the ball rolling. So us, we big wrestling figure collectors and all that stuff. And so. Dom, we're, Dom, we're losing people. Are we? <laughs> <laughs> Nash wants us to jump to Thunder Rosa. We're talking Tom Brady. Yes. Um, so we can we can hammer on. But God, right. God bless Scott Hall. Um, yeah. Generational talent. Honestly, I'm trying to think if anybody could ever do what he did again. And no, probably not. Um, what would you say is your favorite Scott Hall moment? Um, it's one that I remember watching live very, very distinctly, and I still laugh about it every time I watch it. I can't help myself. Both him and Nashville are hilarious. I'm sure you know where I'm going. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Spring break 1998. Um, they were they were both at Club La Vila. They are both wearing, like, Hawaiian shirts and shorts that they picked up on the way there. Uh, Kevin Nash tells a story that they were in a uh, in a, a rented Sebring convertible, and they just were drinking the whole way there. And they got there, and they were very tuned in by the time they got to spring break. And they're both in the ring. You can just see how, like, they're both drunk, uh, but they're having so much fun, and they're being hilarious. Uh and one, like Scott Hall grabs the mic first and he's like, somebody say something about spring break. <laughs> like the crowd goes nuts. And, uh, and then uh, when Nash is like calling out the giant and Scott Hall takes the mic, he's like, hey, giant, that's your cue. <laughs> and, then, and then the giant came out. It was, it was just an incredible, hilarious moment. Kevin Nash, once the giant came out, Nash was like, oh, if I wasn't wearing these flip-flops, I'd kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> It was just oh, just incredible. So, yeah, I, I think that because of the memories attached to it, that's probably my favorite Holland Nash moment. Uh, I think Marcus, uh, Eric Bischoff, said to this on, to Fox 54 uh, at, like in Augusta, Georgia there, 
I was reading it. Uh, he was just saying like how much attention to detail Scott Hall had, like little nuances and stuff in the ring and everything like that. And he what it made him one of a kind, made him one of a kind. And like you look at people that uh, were influenced by him, The Rock, wrote a whole bunch about him uh, on Instagram. Yeah, honestly, honestly, I think he had genius level intellect. I think he was a really, really sharp guy in general. And then uh, when it came to uh, to ring psychology uh, and like doing things that make sense in in spite of what what everybody refers to as wrestling sense, um, he was doing things that like as a shoot make sense. Um, and he was doing it on purpose. And yeah, I mean, just a really really bright guy. John Howard saying that he was a fan of his younger days, fan of Hall Macho Man Warrior. Quit watching for years. One day, uh, work uh, fellow coworker was always doing the the rocks eyebrow and. Um, the thumbs. thumbs back of RVD, right? Yes. Uh, so that's how he got he got back into it. Um, yeah, that RVD stuff is fantastic. Oh, I did that. But yeah, you're right. The Rock is is coming right out and credited Scott Hall um, with a lot of his stuff, and you can see it in The Rock's work actually. Yeah. Oh, definitely. His, his punches specifically are just like completely ripped off of Scott Hall. Yeah. So uh, really cool. Nate Johnson says Hall was a fucking beast in AWA, mind you. He did have a perfect partner to help him. Uh, Ooze Machismo. That's correct. Him and Kurt Henning way back. There's a picture that came out uh, on the internet that I had never seen before Hall passed away of him with Magnum TA. Um, Magnum TA was not a small man, but he's standing beside Scott Hall and he looks like he looks like a kid next to Scott Hall. <laughs> now, this was when Scott Hall was juicing, and I think he's admitted that he was juicing when he was in AWA. Oh, he definitely he was, was. You could definitely tell. I mean, Magnum TA is probably like 6'3", but Scott Hall was, as a shoot, like 6'7", maybe around, maybe closer to 6'8", and just jacked, it just yeah. massive. So, like, he was just, like, looming over Magnum TA. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Like, look at the size of him. You kind of forget how big Scott is, especially because he was always standing next to Kevin Nash. They really do. They really do. And, like, oh, yeah, Hall was a big guy. And, you know, like, for his size to be able to do what he did and just get a character over and just – you know, introduce the the Razor Ramon slash Tony Montana Scarface character and get that in its own right. And, you know, from him to transition from that to being the founding member of the NWO, it's like Scott Hall was my guy. And it was I had a rough week um, yeah, <laughs> covering everything. Um, but, you know, I was happy I was able to do it because he is he's the only reason I'm here. And uh, it's I'm very appreciative. And, yeah, God bless Scott Hall. He'll always be in my prayers. So, yeah, guys. Uh, but, yeah. Dom, Stephen Chambers saying he can only drop in for a few minutes, but rest in peace, Scott Hall, saying best match was the ladder match. Worst gimmick was American Starship. He was uh, Starship Coyote, uh, Dan Spivey was Starship Eagle. Uh, Dom, uh, let's just real quick before we get out of this and start talking Dynamite. Uh, what was Scott Hall's best match to you? And what was uh, his his worst gimmick, we'll say? Worst gimmick, geez, I don't know. I, you Maybe know, Gator Scott. Gator, I was gonna say Gator Scott, just because I remember seeing the rock and wrestling thing with him, and like just being like, that's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not all. <laughs> that is not good. Um, but whew, from a personal standpoint, um, that's kind of tough for me to call. I, I mean, like, I kind of have an affection. It's weird. I have an affection for the WrestleMania 18 match, even though they, Paul and Austin aren't too big of fans of that, but I just remember just Hall being my guy and him fighting the biggest star in wrestling at that point in time and being like, that's pretty awesome. 
But I'll I, tell you what, a lot of people knock the uh, bump that he took whenever he took the stunner where he goes flying. That's a great bump. Air. It was fantastic. Yeah. And like everybody still talks about it. The people share clips about it all the time because it's yeah. like, what a bump. It was That's awesome. That's a great bump. And I loved it. You know, um, I think, well, you know, I keep thinking about Royal Rumble 1993 and him fighting Brett the Hitman Hart in that world title match. And like the story that they those two told in the ring together, it's just really, I really, really like um as far i mean the ladder match is always great too it's always a good one to lean on but there's just so many little things that paul does in his matches that you're just like man that <laughs> makes his match great and so it's very hard for me to choose i think if i had to choose i think it would be a royal rumble 1993 so good match yeah good match good match um um all right we can we can hammer on here yes uh, uh, Jason Michael Campbell saying he didn't really see Scott Hall. Thought he was known as a diamond stud in WCW. He was initially. He was the diamond stud. Then he went and became Razor Ramon. Then he came back to WCW to start the NWO as, the as Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. Would you have liked it, Marcus, if they they gave him one last run as almost like a Razor Ramon, like with his look? Do you, is there would there be a reason to come back for that? Like if he came back in two thousand two in like kind of a a dream scenario. Well, or, you know what's funny is that. This was actually a topic of conversation online um, after the one of the, the more recent uh, Something to Wrestle With episodes um, with Bruce Pritchard on adfreeshows.com. Um, was, uh, they were talking about No Way Out 2002 and the return of the NWO, and Bruce Pritchard contends nobody wanted to see the NWO. People wanted to see Hulkamania, they wanted to see Diesel, and they wanted to see Razor Ramon. And I'm like, I, I don't agree with that because I think that those guys, I mean, really, Scott Hall's legacy is not Razor Ramon as much as it is NWO. Um, and same thing with Kevin Nash. Now, you could argue one way or the other for Hogan, but Hall and Nash, it was it's NWO is their legacy. That being said, I think that if Scott, had, if Scott Hall had been able to stick around for a couple of years, um, I, I think that you could have transitioned him into the Razor Ramon gimmick. And you know what? Hindsight's kind of 2020, I think, in that, because I remember being very excited for the NWO to show up. If you had booked it properly, what's more exciting than the biggest group in the history of professional wrestling coming to the biggest promotion now in the the history of professional wrestling? That's like we we never had the four horsemen in in WWE. How cool would that have been? That would have been awesome. But, like, you think about it. Um, Hogan got over as – I mean, that's basically what the then. The fans wanted to see Hogan back as Alphamania. And I so, think I think it could have continued to work though with uh, X Pac in there. Hall X-Pac, Nash and X-Pac. Or and you would introduce like a new member, a young, younger new member in it. And and by the way, they brought back Shawn Michaels shortly thereafter, and the first thing he did was join NWO. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that that works. It's he's in the click. It works. If yeah. he was if he had come to WCW, he would have joined NWO. It could so, have been been a very sense. interesting ripple if they handled it right. But there, I think there they did have some ability and some legs. Scott Hall went back to Razor. You know, you could still call him Scott Hall, but, you know, he's got the Razor look, the Razor tire, all that stuff. Same with Nash. In the, well, he, Nash kind of did in a way. but um, Yeah, well, Nash Nash became Big Daddy Cool again in, like, yeah. 2003. 2002, um, yeah. Uh, Rich is saying uh, when Scott Hall got sick on the air, yeah, that was a bad gimmick. Uh, yeah. And, and Eric Bischoff has admitted that he regrets that. Um, where, you know, it was, they were kind of playing off his alcoholism a little bit and it wasn't right. Uh, but you know, is what it is. Nesh is ready to move the fuck ready on. To move on. Let's, let's, let's roll. Sorry, Ned, I got to talk about my favorite rest of all time. It's just, yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, any, any closing thoughts for, before we move off? Of no, it's just like, it's going to be, 
it's going to be weird moving forward, you know, as a fan that, so this is the guy that brought me in. And I remember too being, um, in college and, you know, everything like that from 98 on, it was like you were looking for Hall and, you know, his personal issues. And I just being concerned as a fan for that, that many years. And it was really nice to see him, uh, you know, find his road to recovery back with Diamond Dallas Page. And yeah, it's just, it's really sad um, how it all ended for him. And, you know, it's, you know, I'll love Scott Hall, you know, till the end. So um, yeah, my all time fave, man. Absolutely. Uh, Sylvania, welcome. Thank you for joining. Um, and yeah, Nesha, you know, we, she's right. We could talk all night about him. I mean, there's, there's plenty of topics to, yeah. to, to cover when it comes to Scott Hall, but um, we'll, we'll move along. Uh, something a little, a little more upbeat. Correct. So Marcus, we got together for the first time. Was it, has it been since Christmas? It's been yeah. since Christmas. Yeah. We watched Thunder Rosa defeat Britt Baker in a steel cage on the anniversary of the St. Patrick's Day Slam Lights Out match, in which she now becomes the AEW Women's World Champion. And Marcus loved it. Very happy for Thunder Rosa, friend of the show. Friend of the show. And now she's champ. She's at the the tippy top of AEW's women division and uh, on that road to even more major stardom. What'd you think overall, Marcus? I thought it was great. Um, You know, like, I, I I don't know that... You'd call the match itself like a five-star masterpiece. Uh, really, it was more of like a, one of those interesting train wrecks of a matches. You know, of a match that you'd like to you like to watch. You know, I it's it it, it comes closer to like uh, being a masterpiece in in the way that uh, Mick Foley and Helena Cell does. You know what I mean? Where it was yeah. just like it was just it was fun to watch. It was exciting, and it was a moment that that I don't think anybody's ever gonna forget. Like the confetti coming down, her getting emotional afterwards. You know, they did like the uh which i thought was brilliant they almost they did like the false finish where she gave Britt baker her her finisher but the ref was unavailable or something um and then it's like oh this this feels like a swerve doesn't it um so they they sort of swerved us that it was going to be a swerve um and yeah it was a great moment uh awesome to see her uh really get her just due and you know it's like i've been saying on the podcast you roll with a talent like that and you get a talent like that over even more by putting a, a a title on her um, it's a big deal, and she could become a huge, huge, huge figure in wrestling if they play this right. Absolutely. And, Mark, I mean, how they set up the whole entrances and stuff like that, Thunder Rosa coming up to the mariachi band, and then, like, you know, being in San Antonio, all that stuff. And, like, Britt with her homage just got all really cool and all that stuff. Um, it was – the tone was set for that main event, and it felt special. And, you know, that, that cage coming down and everything – you know, like I said, that's like that's the first ever AEW women's cage match, and that's like what maybe the second, third, maybe yo third if you're counting. Um, I think it's uh the the Lucha Brothers and the Young Bucks at All Out. Is it the was... first women's cage match ever? Yes. Well, no, I don't think so. I bet you know. I mean, you think about it. Like there was the Hell in a Cell matches with Bailey and Sasha. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. There's been women's cage matches. Uh, this first ever AEW women's cage match. Pretty so, awesome. Uh, except that to, if there was, you know, when those moments happen, you want to make them select and few in between. So they waited for a good moment to have a cage match. And this made perfect sense. And to have it, have Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, two women who have been feuding for well over a year, um, it's definitely a good payoff. 
know, great payoff. Really, and really, you know, that feud where it's like they're not they're not constantly at each other's throats, but they you like there's tension and they don't like each other, and they'll like, you know, it's you could feel you could feel that between them, um, and so that kind of feud is what's perfect. And it's what I've been saying about AEW and like kind of how they should play the long-term storylines. Um, and they did, it was, it was this is a storyline that's a year in the making a year to the day since they had their, uh, their bloody, their bloody blackout match or whatever they call lights it. Lights out. Lights out match. Unsanctioned. Right. It was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I couldn't be more happy for, for a friend of the show, Thunder Rosa. Um, it, she's got her just due, and I, I truly believe that this could be the start of something really, really huge. Who do you want to see her go up against next? Um, she needs to go over against like dangerous heels, in my opinion. Um, so I mean, I'd love to see her beat Jade Cargill. Uh, you know, but Jade is is on her own, really special. And I run. think Jade's kind of like what we we're talking about. She's more leaning towards that babyface line of things. And like her with the, t- the TBS title, I think just makes sense to keep them separate at this moment in time. Anyways, I mean, I know that uh, that Serena Deeb is going into a program with Sheeta, um, but you know, really, ultimately, I think that Serena Deeb should come out on top in that program and then immediately come back after Thunder Rosa. Because let me tell you, those two are putting on hellacious matches. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. I'm trying to think who else uh, that they could bring in. Or like that they could uh, put into the mix. I mean, Ruby Soho, where's she been? That's where. I mean, I'd love to see, you know, maybe her just go up against the the two baby faces, duke it out too at some point. Um, maybe not her first feud, but like maybe you can mix that in there. You know what I mean? Um, um uh, John Howard's asking what happened to Awesome Kong. Dom, I think she's retired from wrestling, right? Yeah, she's retired from wrestling. Uh, you know, I think she's just dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, and her acting career was really taken off with Glow. Yeah, unfortunately, that show's not happening anymore. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you think about it. Gil Kim's all retired. And so, you know, same with Awesome Kong, you know? Tell you tell you who'd be really fun to see uh, Thunder Rosa have a feud with is Mickey James. Well, that would be good, you know? Hey, Forbidden Door, man. Hey, how about Deanna Perrazzo coming in? That'd be real good, too. Hell, yeah. Deanna Perrazzo. I would mind seeing her against Chelsea Green. Yeah, uh, there's there are a lot of really talented women out there. Uh, Tasha Steeles, who's the current Impact champ, she's awesome. That would be two and two Latinas going at it too would be great. Like you could really play into that and have something really good there. Um, geez, oh man, there's there's a lot of talented women, especially Impact. Their knockouts division is awesome. Like Jordan Grace, you bring her in there. I was fight? I was going to mention Jordan Grace. Yeah, she's she looks like she could uh, be very dangerous. Um, you know, just because of her uh, physical strength. So, yeah, that would be fun. Even if uh, it's Rick, just Rick like is saying a... Layla Hirsch. Oh, see, that would be good. Yeah, mm-hmm. really got to, you got to really get her cooking, though, I think. You know, uh, put the heat on under her and make her just start annihilating people. Like, it was cool that she won at uh, Revolution in the opener there. But, yeah, I think you got to keep up with that to really make her seem like a, a viable force against Thunder Rosa. So I wouldn't um, mind seeing Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker a little bit more. I wouldn't like, I wouldn't like, mind it. I yeah. think though cage match, you know, it, there's something to it be is said a good blow off. Leave it yeah. off at the blow off. You know what I mean? It is a good blow off. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, uh, it's Chris Statlander. I think there's, there's, there's so many talented women there. Yeah. It could be it, uh, I'm just a lot of, a lot of fun options. Think of some cool, unique matches that they could, uh, that she hasn't maybe encountered or ran in with yet. You know? I don't think she's wrestled Chris Statlander. Um, and Chris Statlander is really coming into her own. She's she's physically intimidating, I would say, for most women. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a lot of fun. 
No, there's there's certain ones that you can really get excited for. I'm I'm pumped. I'm just happy she's the champ. Um, who finally unseats uh, uh, Jade Cargill? Hmm, that's tough. I don't think I think it should be a while down the road, right? You know, um, I almost would want to see uh, somebody new. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, like just you know, just like with with Goldberg. To me, the only person that should have gone over against Goldberg would have been somebody like uh, they brought in Bam Bam Bigelow. I wouldn't have minded that. Um, I wouldn't have minded uh, uh, Sid the in nineteen ninety nine. I would have definitely minded Sid, and I. I mean, I love Bam Bam Bigelow, but I don't think I, Bam I, Bam. Dude, Sid is Sid is money. I, like I know the whole like Marcus, softball, come on. the whole like softball th- Sid's thing. Good. Sid's all right. Like Sid's got a presence and the look about him, but I mean, to, to dude, his his crazy Marcus, where like was the, Sid chick was there? It was incredible. What's the what's the payoff for Sid winning? Here's here's the deal, Dom. Is somebody's got to somebody's got to beat Goldberg? And is this it, WCW rewritten, by the way? <laughs> It's, it, and it's got to be somebody credible. I'm saying Sid. Damn it, we're going back to 1998. Uh, let's let's get back on track. I'm saying DDP maybe because you're building up. You want to build up a star, and DDP they put the world title on. Eventually, he should have won. He should. I could see DDP being a good one. Bret Hart. Yeah, that's another one too. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, people are agreeing. Chelsea Green, uh, Ruby Soho. Um, yeah, Jordan Grace. Speaking of Jordan Grace, let's see what Jay's thinking. I think she needs to just drop her husband and call for somebody else. I think Jason is referring to himself, Dominic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I tell you what. I mean, th- the the stuff that women get on there is just creepy and crazy. Did you see some of that stuff? Oh, uh, like the message. We're not. By the way, we're not saying that the, that Jason does this no. sort of thing. We're just a joke. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of the. You know, if if if, uh, if you're a fan of somebody, I think that you kind of. <laughs> some people are out there crossing the line a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dom John Howard saying Tank Abbott should be Goldberg. Oh my go. gosh, there's, I like Tank Abbott. I did like Tank Abbott as a presence. You know what I mean? But uh, wait a minute, Jason is saying that Sid is. That's what I was about to look at. Yeah. That's what I was about. I didn't, to look I didn't at. hear about that. What's funny is, like this. two days ago, I was wondering why he isn't in the Hall of Fame yet. So Unless they if, just announced this. Did they just announce this there, Jason? If that's true, that's exciting. I'm going to take a gander here. Look at the old Twitter machine. But um, Marcus, uh, any more thoughts? Thunder Rosa, friend of the show, super happy that she brought us together. <laughs> Finally, she brought us together, Dom. You got to meet my girlfriend. It all worked out. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was good times. Uh, good to get down there and good to see Thunder Rosa get the win. Uh, yes. there is nobody that works harder or is more deserving. Big congratulations. Thunder Rosa. Dom, so I, Nesha's, Nesha's confirming Sid. He's going to the hall of fame. Wow. How about that? Dom, the master and ruler of the world. Wait, did this just happen? Cause I was on, I covered today. I was on, on duty today. I did not see anything. <laughs> Rick. <laughs> Good luck on your whole And you have <laughs> half the brain, or I have half the brain that you do. That's another great Scott moment. Yeah. <laughs> and Nash has got like the really shitty makeup on, and he's <laughs> laughing instead. <laughs> just, those two had some Rick, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I like Sid. I really, I do. Um, I like Sid too, but there to be Goldberg. I don't, Marcus. There's no. And 
And Hall and Nash said the same thing about him, by the way. Like, dude, sit his money, especially in that like crazy guy gimmick, you know, where he was like blinking a lot and he was just like he he played it perfectly. He seemed like an unstable psychopath. Um, and that music he came out to, I love Sid, dude. He was who would you? Okay, here we go. Here's how you tie this in. Who would you have Sid manage in AEW? If we brought Sid into AEW, he could be a manage slash help enforce. I was I was gonna say like he should be somebody's heavy if he's coming. In. I think he's still in really great shape actually. Um, from what a couple years ago he came out and uh, car bomb like Heath Slater. That he was like that back. was ten years ago. But, was that ten years ago? Yeah, but <laughs> but he looked great. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's you know Sid couldn't really manage himself back in the day. I can't picture him managing somebody else. <laughs> but uh, but no, it's I don't know. I guess. I mean, Pillman Jr. is interesting, especially, you know, if they start to make Pillman like a loose cannon or whatever, a little bit like his dad. And then you've got crazy Sid in the background doing his blinky thing. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be fun. That wouldn't be too shabby. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so do you imagine, imagine uh, Sid managing somebody on one side and, and Arn managing somebody on the other side? That would be a wild scene. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Right. That's that is one yeah. reason why Sid will never come. Well, actually, he came to work for WCW when Arn was backstage. So who knows? Maybe it's squashed. Maybe it's got. Hey, you know, I wasn't going to follow this with the next topic, but it's a good segue. Speaking of managers, FTR made quite the hint. Oh, that uh, is a good segue. Like, did they not? When they were talking about uh, tag teams and they made a best there is comment, right? It's it's stirred up a lot of talk about Bret Hart being their new manager. Um, And, I mean, it would be great. And we all know that those guys love Scott Hall. Um, There is Scott Hall, uh, Bret Hart. Before before we hammer on with that, though, Dominic, what what becomes of Tully Blanchard now? Is he just done? Maybe he's gone for a little bit. Maybe they'll bring him back then, too, you know? Uh, I would like to see him still in the mix. I think there's still plenty of... You know, I think he had so much to the product. You know, I it's it's kind of a shame because like he's a great manager for FTR, but they didn't really showcase him a lot. Like he was just, I mean, he had match. Don't get me wrong, which was cool and stuff like that. But there was you wanted to see more of Tully cutting promos and talking and things like that. You know, maybe we'll see him like uh, come up again with uh, somebody in uh, in the pinnacle. Of which, what's the status on that? But, like, maybe, you know, MJF will introduce some new people or something like that. Um, but I would like very much like to see Tully Blanchard still there, still doing stuff because, you know, uh, yeah. He was just, awesome. Mm-hmm. Great was a, lot role. Of, a lot of gas in that promo tank for him. So, Dom, the, John Howard's asking about, uh, and the name is escaping me for whatever reason. I know exactly who he's talking about. Uh, he looks like the dude with the crazy hair looks like, uh, looks like oh. Brody. Nick uh, Camarado. There it is, Nick Camarado. Yeah, he's been he's been bouncing around a little bit. Um, the dude's a beast. No uh, yeah, that. there's that would be a good some somebody for Tully to manage somebody like that. Give him a, yeah, that would be pretty damn cool actually. That's how you get somebody cooking like that. You know, uh, let's see what's Jason saying here. I watched Sid's son on Big Brother when they went to his family. Sid talked. He sounded like one awesome guy out of character. I bet he is. You know, I've, Scott Hall is always good, good friends with them. Yeah, yeah, Scott Hall is always good friends with them. And like, you know, um, yeah, he seemed like a ball right dude. You know what I mean? I think Sid's biggest issue and like the the reason he got like so much perceived heat 
um, in, in wrestling was uh, I don't I don't know that he was especially passionate about wrestling. I think I think really it was like, well, I'm, I'm a huge guy. I'm in great shape. I can make a lot of money doing this. So I'll do this. Yeah. He loves softball, though. He did love softball. Mm-hmm. Uh, we hammer on. Hammer on. Oh, yeah. Bret Hart. Um, yeah. Yes. I mean, that would be something else, man. You know, especially because we know how much those guys love Bret Hart. Um, excellence of ex- execution. And those guys certainly kind of fit that mold when it comes to a tag team wrestling. And heck, they're sure positioning as baby phases because who confronted them but the Young Bucks? I was taking some digs at him. So, I mean, I kind of like this uh, role reversal here where it's like back when FTR showed up, Bucks were the baby faces and FTR were the, the heels. Now we got a different flip of the coin there. Could so, be the, the start of some much needed, you know, I, I, I think that just by having Bret Hart with those guys as well, it's going to give them more attention. It's going to kind of force more TV time for them. Um, so I I love the idea. Dom, speaking of them, did you hear about uh, – Oh, okay. We're actually going to talk about this next. Facing the Briscoes at Ring of Honor. Yes, yes. Supercard. Where is uh, that? That's in Dallas, baby. No, no. I mean, where at in Dallas? Oh, I just saw the name of the center that they were at. I can't. I'd have to look it up. To, to I got know. a feeling we're going to be a little too busy to go, Dom. Yeah. I, you know what? I think it's that night. Uh, where it is. Mark, yes, it is April 1st. Is. So the night of the, uh, the Super Show Live. Yes. Marcus, we did. Yeah. We did go to the Supercard, though, when we were in New Orleans. Oh, was that? I thought we were at House of Hardcore. We did the House of Hardcore, but we also went to the Supercard. Did we not? Yeah. Am I wrong? Nope. I don't, I don't remember going to that. Oh, man. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I went to I went to the Madison Square Garden in New York City. Yeah, I can't remember. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yes, Jason says he enjoyed Tully and Arn against each other. Yeah, yeah I fun. think so. I think there's still more to that, right? A lot of fun. Um, let's see. And then he also says, but now FTR fired him, possibly going to hardest. Yes, exactly. What about uh, what about Arn and Bret Hart? They used to have some tag team clashes back in the day. It could be fun to see them bump button heads a little bit. Be, uh, you got to have to turn Arn to heel. Like 1989, 1990, Arn and Bret Hart, WWF, Brain yeah. and Hart Foundation. They, they had some battles. They had little scuffles there. Uh, Hart would definitely be good for FTR. He's got plenty of stroke in the business. Oh, man. Yes, I'm going to. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh, my, my, my goodness. Jeez, Rich. Mute, mute him, Dom. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, no, I would love Bret Hart back in back in the wrestling fold, especially in AEW. I mean, you think about it. He's the first to present the AEW title. Yeah, um, and it opens up the, the door for more Bret Hart action figures, which is not a thing that anybody hates. Nope, nope, nope. And plus with the Owen Hart Cup coming up, uh, it just seems like a And oh, it's, it's like a layup. David Hart Smith potentially in the mix here. I'll tell you what, that, that is a talent that I cannot believe has been on the market for as long as he has. And Marcus, like, he's a good promo now. Like, he is. Yeah. He's in tremendous shape. He's in tremendous shape. He's a good promo. Uh, he's good baby face. I mean, like MLW, he, no joke. I th- want to say it was 2019. He was my wrestler of the year. Like from an in-ring work standpoint, the guy put on match after match after match consistently. That was impressive. And it's beautifully done. Dom, um, so, how would you feel about it if uh, uh, Flying Brian Jr., FTR, and, uh, and Harry Smith – all join forces with Bret Hart as a manager and called themselves the Hart family. That'd be great. Or Artists. better yet, like WCW rewritten the Hart Dungeon. 
Oh, I like it. Yeah, Marcus, hey, we can give Tony Khan permission to use that, right? Uh, I'll, I'll sign over the copyright. Hey, there we go. It's there. Heart Dungeon. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see what. Okay, so now we got to cover this, Marcus. Jeez, oh, man. Uh, Cody Rhodes reportedly signing WWE. Boy, what a week. What a week, Dominic. We're covering a lot of shit here. We're covering a lot of ground. And uh, he's supposed to appear, apparently appear at WrestleMania. Uh, a lot of people are speculating he'll be fighting Seth Rollins. And then um, Fightful has reported to confirm that he is slated to be on the Raw after Mania. So, um, Marcus, uh, from this whole perspective, I guess, we've had a lot of speculation. We thought it was a work for some point. Uh, we thought it was legit at some point. We didn't know what the hell was going on at some point. We still pretty much kind of don't, but we got a little bit of, like, PW Insider confirmed it, that they had, you know, confirmation that Cody was signed, and then, you know, Fightful followed up with all this stuff, so... Jason Michael Campbell Dom is saying that people are still calling it a work. Um, just let's just play pretend here. I don't think it is at, at this point. I did for a long time. Imagine if this is a work. Like imagine if the if people within AEW were leaking that to PW Insider, um, and just like just like playing games until Cody's big return. I mean that would be huge, historic. If all of a sudden you know we're expecting him at WrestleMania and he shows up uh, for AEW. I mean. Like if he showed up at AEW this Wednesday, just randomly, as as we're all expecting him this weekend in Dallas at WrestleMania or the following weekend in Dallas. And WrestleMania, I mean, that'd that be would be fantastic. I mean, if I had if I had the choice, I would be like, I want Cody in AEW. 100%. <laughs> I want him in AEW. I've said I, it before. I, I think he's top five worker in the world. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what I was hearing, but like uh, something about him, like just being like that. You know what we talk about that classic mentality of wrestling matches yep. and how they worked it i can't remember where i read something but there was somebody that was relating to it and just being like cody's like that old school guy so eric bischoff was saying it's just like his dad though what he's doing where it's like hey if this isn't working for me i'm fucking leaving and yeah. I, I don't he's saying i don't need AEW. you know i can i can go make it work on my own and yeah. uh it is a very dusty move it is um yeah uh nesha says she'll believe it when she sees it um Nesha, she also says two weeks till Mania. Let's see what John Howard says here. When Orton punted Ted Jr. in the skull and Cody was looking in awe, got and Cody to do something and he bounced. That could have made Cody in WWE. I agree. That's a great yes. I forgot about that, John. That's 100%. 100%. That, was, that was the moment to uh, to make Cody Rhodes step up. That would have been the moment to turn him into the star that he should have been in WWE. Right. Um, so, yeah, disappointing uh, that they dropped the ball there. Let's hope they don't drop the ball with them this time. To me, this is a layup. Dom, I saw something really funny online, though, where uh, there was a picture of uh, – of Bret Hart uh, at, at WrestleMania nine with Hulk Hogan. And he's pointing for Hogan oh, to go see. into the ring. And that. somebody was saying that Bret Hart is, is Brock Lesnar and Hogan is Cody Rhodes. Going <laughs> yeah. <out> Roman Reigns. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, that would be quite something. Yeah. 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 Um, John, good call on that. WF. Yeah, it was, it was Uh boy. Nash is pointing out two weeks till mania, baby, man. It's, it's crazy to think we're going to be in Dallas at that point. It is. It is twelve. I'm, I'm leaving in twelve days. Twelve days. Jesus, you're leaving in twelve. You're leaving. Wait, in is that 11. serious? Are you serious? I'm leaving in eleven days. Yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're ready. <laughs> Start packing. I know. I bought a new shirt and everything. A, a new, new shirt. shirt. New shirt and pants. I gotta look snazzy for press stuff. 
Um, let's see. Okay, Marcus. Hey, also, we got to see the Hardys. AEW in-ring debut against Private Party. Uh, pretty cool. Pretty damn cool, man. Um, Jeff Hardy's very over. And Jeff Hardy getting a pop for receiving a tag. Uh, that, that kind of tells you all you need to know about that signing. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you cannot pass that up. And, um, no, I'm looking forward to uh, what they're doing. They're uh, tagging up with Sting and Darby uh, against Butcher, Blade, and Private Party in a tornado, eight-man tornado tag match. Gee, who goes over? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to reason if there would be a way for, uh, you know, uh, Andrade's family office to go over, but I don't Impossible. see Impossible. Impossible. Never happened. Yep, yep. But no, I Sting, I don't think Sting has lost yet in AEW, right? I mean that lines him up for a title shot, does it not? Yeah, it does. I mean he's he's only really been in tag team situations, so in theory, it lines him up for a tag team title shot. Yeah, well, I wonder, are they even in the tag team race? I wouldn't hate Sting as a tag team champion either. By the way, I would I wouldn't hate Sting as any champion, but preferably AEW World Champion because you can definitely get some. Like I said last year, last week, it's uh. You know, if you have him in your title history, I think that's pretty damn cool. It is and cool. why not, if he's doing what he is right now, like taking dives and like doing some bumps and like still looking like Sting, I don't see the, uh, any wrong reason to do that. I don't think they'll ever do it, though, because I, th I think that that really necessitates an increased schedule and increased singles matches. It's a good point. It's a good point. You know, it does. And, uh, you know, you want to increase those expectations. I mean, you could have him win it. I've given one successful title defense and then, then drop the belt to two or something. Oh, and it, like vacate the belt and then put it out, uh, put up a tournament dom. I know a lot of wrestling fans don't like tournaments. I love them. I do too. Um, I that's one thing I'd want AEW to do is like just be selective though. And the Owen Hart Cup coming up, so I don't know if I'd necessarily do that. You know, a lot of people there they argue like, well, the tournament doesn't matter until like you're at the finals. So like, why should I care about the preliminary matches? It's like, why do you care about playoff football? It's the same yeah. thing. It's single elimination. On, I know, on you're the either, way to the, to you're the, either the winner, tournament. you move on. Right. So I care for that reason. It's single elimination. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Jason Michael Campbell says, I like the Hardy Bros as a tag team, but I did not like Jeff Hardy as a single wrestler. Um, people liked Jeff as a singles wrestler. And, you know, there was something to be said for how over he was back in 2009 when he was like star two, baby face two to John Cena. Um, he was there. And uh, I honestly think you can you can have another run with him as a singles competitor. And yeah. Um, But, yeah, right now it's the Hardy Boys. You got to embrace it in Hardy, man. Dom, just a little bit later, Jason Michael Campbell just shitting on you for your uh, your decision to make Sting a uh, <laughs> champion. See. They have a 62-year-old as AEW World Champion. Boy, that'll put a lot of butts in the seats. Not. I mean, he's old, but he's a legend. And they how they positioned him is he's been fucking unstoppable. Like, so... I think on paper it sounds like a lot of fun, but I think in reality it wouldn't work. I think it would work. It would work because you would get buzz about it and... It's you like, also open up the door for WWE to just be like, yeah, I mean, they over there on that channel, they've got a 62-year-old champ. You know, here we've it's it's about the future, not the past. Uh, has it been though with WWE? It has no, not. No, but but they can make that that bullshit argument then. Uh, you know, but either promotion will do that one way or another. Yeah, yeah, I'm. You know, as, as much as I was for it last week, I don't know that I like the idea of Sting as champion. And like I said, he, it necessitates more singles matches. I just, I don't think that his bump card's got enough left on it for that. 
you cannot stand behind your own your own statements, can you? So I'm backing out, Dom. Backing away slowly. Cowardly. Um. Here we go. So the Jericho Appreciation Society, Marcus. Um, he renamed Matt Lee and Jeff Parker, uh, Angelo, and then uh, Daddy Magic. Who we got cooking? Um, I don't think I caught that. I didn't catch it either, but then I later on I read it. And that was to recap the show too. So, um, but yes, he renamed them. But then also, they refer to themselves as sports entertainers. Entertainers. Speaking of WWE, uh, what, Marcus, you turned to me at that moment while we were watching, and you're like, "What do you think of this?" I was like, "I'm kind of unsure right now. I don't know." Uh, it's like it's such a it's such a 2022 way to get heat. Um, it's it just, it made me laugh just because it's like, just imagine somebody trying to get heat in that way back in like 1992. It's like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work, you know, cause people would be like, well, what are we talking about here? Sports entertainers. Cause back then, uh, it was still the world wrestling federation. They use the word wrestling on their program a lot. So now all of a sudden it's like this new buzzword and people talk about the difference between wrestling and sports entertainment, which by the way, there is none. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it was kind of a fun idea as far as like a way to get heat. Um, I don't, I don't know that it's going to get as much heat as they intend to. I think it will. I mean, you look at the AEW fan base, it's more, you know, wrestling oriented and how people perceive wrestling is their own way. But I mean, like they wrestling is part of the key of that all elite wrestling. Dom, I'm, I'm with John Howard here. Why leave one faction and start another one too fast? I agree, but I do see why they did it. I think the reason why is that uh, Jericho, uh, while it would be fun to see him on a singles run, just like it would be fun to see Sting as champion, while it would be fun to see uh, him on a singles run, the problem is that uh, he needs somebody to take bumps for him. Um, and those young guys that he's he's paired himself with are going to be his his bump takers. They're going to be the guys that oh, if you if you want to get a Jericho for the pay per view match, you got to come through these guys. Um, so that I think that that's the idea. Um, and I think it's kind of neat in the way um, that Seinfeld had the Bizarro Seinfeld people. This is like Bizarro Jericho inner circle. You have Matt Lee and Jeff Parker in the Santana Ortiz role. You have Daniel Garcia as Sammy Guevara. And then you just have Jake Hager as the same person. <laughs> but, yeah, yes, Jake is Jake. Uh, I, honestly, like, it, it was one of those, and I'm not I'm not shitting on any of the performers. I think they're all talented. But, like, it, it was one of those moments where I'm just, like, it, it, he, reading this right now, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened. You know, seeing this on the scroll and having you talk about it, 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 it didn't stick out for me. It wasn't memorable. Uh, to me, it was just like, oh, okay, he's a heel. Oh, he's using sports entertainment or sports entertainment to get to get some heat. Uh, that that whole WWF WWE reference thing again. Um, so I was just like, okay, yeah, that's there it was. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm taking a long way around to say it. It didn't really mean much to me. All right. Well. I think there's some intrigue to it, you know, especially once you get Eddie Kingston and Santino Ortiz in the mix again. Um, you know, I think the promo barbs that you'll get between Eddie and Jericho further. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the development of Daniel Garcia. Like, I think that that was really important for Garcia. I think he's going to be the talent that benefits the most from this. That is a big piece of what they're doing, by the way. Yes. Make no mistake. Yeah, and you know, so and uh, getting Jericho to to interact and coach him in a lot of ways, I think is very important because I mean they signed Garcia, and you know he was 
he's been talked about and utilized since he basically came into AEW. You know, so um, it's I think this is a, this is the main reason crux for this whole angle and everything like that, just to get Daniel Garcia over in a lot of ways. Dom John is asking whatever happened to Elijah Burke. You did an interview with him not too long ago. Right? Yes, I did. The Pope is awesome. He's in NWA, John, um, and um, he's still cut promo, still looks great. Um, and yes, uh, he was such a great interview. Like I talked to him about uh, NWA, it was. And basically, we talked about title history because he was the the national champion, TV champion at that point in time. And I think he's the national title, but really good interview. Uh, yeah, if you want to check him out, uh, he's on NWA Power. Um, and Dom, is he at is he at NWA tonight? In Nashville? he might be the Crockett Cup. I'm not sure if he is yeah. or not. But By the he's way, just returned. Guys, if you were thinking about the Crockett Cup, uh, Jeff Jarrett is doing his uh, pick a fight. That's pick a fight, F I T E dot com. Uh, go to pick a fight dot com. Uh, it's Jeff Jarrett's selection. Of course, Jeff Jarrett is involved this weekend uh, as the uh, special guest enforcer uh, between Matt Cardona and uh, Nick Aldis for the world's title. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about buying it, go buy the bundle. You'll save five dollars on the purchase. Um, so that's pick a fight, pick a F I T E dot com. Go, go order it. And, uh, let me tell you, it's going to be quite an event. Hey, if you guys are interested too, I'll plug this for the Pope too. Um, he does this love alive charity. It's called for Jacksonville. Um, he just helps like the homeless people in, uh, in the city of Jacksonville and everything like that. So if you're interested in doing that, just, uh, Google love alive charity. They also have, he also has it on Twitter and stuff like that. And you can just donate any amount you want. And, uh, just a good cause to go to. And that's something he's very passionate about. And he's, he does some, uh, does an annual wrestling show there with the two, uh, Duval, it's, uh, brawl and Duval or something to that effect. It's called. And so, yeah, he does some great work. Awesome. Awesome promo. And, uh, I love the Pope. I would love to see him more in the mainstream mix too. Um, and and yeah, if he's at the Crockett Cup, I mean, what a prestigious event to be at, really. Yeah, it's uh, you know, Cup's fun. Do yeah. the history behind it, and just you know the fact that NWA is paying respect to the old school and the way that they do, just really cool. Mm-hmm. I, imagine being able to tell somebody that you participate in the Crockett Cup, Dom. Awesome. I know it felt like a big deal too, like a few years ago, um, too, because uh, the Briscoes were in that one. I want to say that they won or they played the heels at least in it. And that was a, it was a fun, fun show to watch. I had a really good time. You know, um, it was good overall presentation and everything like that. NWA, like the, those events, they, they stand out. I just would love to see them kind of position themselves more in a better, better, uh, you know, prominent and just make sure, you know, you're I, I just putting yourselves in the best position possible is what I'm looking for. Um, let's see. Yes. Another great talent. The Pope is awesome, John. Um, tell me too, John, if you ended up watching MLW, because I would love to get your take on that too. Uh, you were interested in the Lucha Underground aspect. Um, yeah, NWA looks, yeah, that's what's cool about it, Nish, is the 80s wrestling vibe too. I mean, they, they're paying respect to the old Jim Crockett promotions days, which is really yeah. cool. Like even the ring skirts are basically identical. Um, mm-hmm. It's really neat. What was really cool is when uh, Ric Flair came and did, uh, you know, he was like the, kind of the master of ceremonies yeah. for uh, for uh, NWA event last year. And uh, it was it was really neat seeing him in that ring with that ring skirt. It was just like man, history, wrestling yeah. history. And like that, Flair still considers that NWA belt the best there is. Going so he wants, he's trying to get it back. Trying to get it back. Give it back to the Nate. That's what I say. Yeah, let's start a hashtag movement, Dom. Yeah. Hey, Marcus. Uh, somebody else that's kind of on that Daniel Garcia route 
is Wheeler, Utah, it appears. Um, so Wheeler, Utah, and Chuck Taylor fought the new team of Brian Danielson and John Moxley in tag team action. And uh, they lost, but after the match, Utah went to shake William Regal's hand and Regal slaps him. Slapped very, a damn taste out of Who else did he slap? He slapped Brian Danielson and John Moxley. So what does that tell you? Uh, Wheeler, Utah might be in the mix of that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, mostly because I haven't seen much of Wheeler Utah. I've seen him do some jobs. Um, I've seen, which, which you know, they say you can learn more from somebody by watching them do jobs, which I agree. However, I think I saw him do a job a month ago. It was, it was like I, 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 and yes, he was on Dynamite, and it, it seems like a capable performer. But the point I'm trying to to work toward is that I don't see enough of him to have developed an opinion on. Mm-hmm. And you know what, I never heard him talk yet or if i have i i don't remember it you know on aw programming so i mean i think there's something that needs to be said for that too for you what yeah i think you need to find again like kind of like in this nwa vibe you need to position your stars and who you're building in the in the right light so you know they're they're doing that with daniel garcia let's get let's make this a little maybe more quicker with you wheeler utah you know? the, again, it feels like Wheeler Yuta is like the idea is that you bring him in with those guys so that like he's sort of like he, he can absorb the heat from, from on the way to somebody working with Mox and or and or Dan, Brian Danielson. You know what I mean? Where it's like maybe he gets a, attacked, beat down. Whatever I don't know, but Mark, I think it's more so uh, Mox Garcia, uh, Mark Mox. Danielson and uh, Regal are all kind of going to be in that Jericho kind of role for him, where like they're building. I'm trying to elevate him, and yes. I hope he does. You know what I've seen of him; he seems like a really good performer. So let's let's see what he's got with a little more spotlight on him. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I would like to see them kind of gradually get a couple more guys under the wing, like Lee Moriarty, um, people like that. But you gotta, you know, and heck, if you're Aligned up with William Regal, that guy knows what the hell he's doing. So it's just like I, I think I would have really liked to have seen uh, Daniel Garcia in that group. I'm not. You know what? I'd much rather Daniel Garcia be where he's at because, uh, you know, I think the mic work is important. You know, the mic work's very important. And um, being with Jericho, like Jericho brought everything out of Sammy Guevara too, like that that we see in a lot of ways, and like helped him develop who he is as an AEW persona. So um, I very, very confident Jericho can do that too now with Daniel Garcia. So um, Willie Utah, I think if I remember, I do remember him like talking before. He's got a great voice from what I remember. So um, well, that's always got, I'm interested. Yeah, me too, man. Um, let's see. John, I did not uh, take a look at Ultimate Dragon, but after we talked about it, it did kind of jog my memory a little bit more. I do remember. I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, exactly. Oh, cool. You did watch it. Great show. Reminds me of the good XE. Yes, exactly. Because it's yeah, one um, hour. Sorry yeah. to interrupt a, l- a little bit earlier. He said, uh, "Big Sam- I watched a little bit of it. Big Samoan dude. And one guy, you guys, you told me to look up Hammer. Uh, Alex Hammerstone. Dom's boy. Hammer. Your yes, boy, Hammer. My boy, Hammer. Um, boy, Hammer. Yeah, uh, boy, Alex Hammerstone, just what a savage of a guy. Yeah, uh, he's he's like, he looks like Scott Steiner, mixed with. Uh, I'm I'm trying to Triple H. Yes, perfect. 
it's like Scott Steiner and Triple H had a baby. It's it's Alex Hammerstone, and he's just I mean he's fun. He's got a good personality. Uh, he's their flag bearer right now, and I think that that guy's gonna move on and become a, a monster star. Yeah, as he should. He's great. He, mm-hmm. he will become a monster star, and if he's the the flag bearer for MLW, like he's gonna put he's gonna help put them more on the map too. So. I mean, um, it, it, just for funsies, dumb. If he all of a sudden jumped over to AEW, I could see him in the world title picture instantly. Oh, and that's how you should position somebody like that is immediately put them right, yep. right where they're supposed to be. You know, um, hey. Also, looks like we got a little alliance happening between Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, and that's all occurred on Rampage, uh, which I did not watch. And Marcus, we do got to watch that because I mean, the butcher is in singles action, so. Um, it's something we do have to catch, but I do like this, um, alliance here of Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee, two talented wrestlers, uh, both different looks, uh, but they're going, it's looking like they're going to go up against Ricky Starks and powerhouse Hobbs. And I think that's fucking great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of fun to be sure. Um, not, not the, uh, not the, not the pairing I would have liked to have seen swerve as i had mentioned last week i think rick flair oh, really yes. could have helped upgrade him just imagine swerve with like his gold teeth with with fucking rick flair that would have been, oh, been good shit there's good shit. and again like i had said you know it's you get rick flair on the program um and all of a sudden people are tuning in to see rick flair and it exposes people to people like like swerve strickland not to mention the other talent on the program mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh, uh so yeah i would have liked to have seen that however uh i do think that him and keith lee is pretty fun yeah, that'll be it'll be a fun ride, and even if it's just a short alliance that where they're like just friends that tag up once in a while, like almost like an Eddie and Mox thing, I would be all for that too. So, yeah. um, and it's cool. And Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs are good counterparts to that. It's gonna it be great. Fun. It's gonna it be super great. Um, Marcus, we had a little bit of a follow up here. Uh, so, what happened? Scorpio Sky retained that TNT Championship against Wardlow. Great move. I thought the way they executed it too was very well done. Uh, and, you know, we got a few between MJF and Wardlow, and plus America Top Team is in the mix too. Um, so, uh, what'd you think of all that? Um, going down with the match, and then, you know, Wardlow and how he was positioned ultimately. It, it, it worked for me, brother. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was well done. And obviously, you know, as you and I said, it, you know, if you're going to if you're going to put uh, Scorpio Sky in that position initially by putting the TNT belt on, it's like hey, give him a chance to see what he can do. Um, so if you beat him in, in like a week or two weeks or whatever it is, um, you're not doing anybody any favors. You're not you're not doing the guy who beats him any favors. Because he just won it, so it doesn't really mean as much to take it off of him. And you're not doing him any favors, certainly, by by giving him a belt and then saying, okay, that was fun, next, you know? Yeah. Kind of look at so. it, too. I'm, I'm thinking about, like, Diesel. When, um, you know, he he had a run with the Intercontinental title. Um, he was a heel, though, at that point. Still, like, the enforcer for Shawn Michaels. He had him turn babyface. And maybe they did a little quick, but it was unexpected when he did win that title against Bob Backlund. So, I mean, well, you got to just pick and choose your moments of it, you know? Him turning babyface, no bueno. Yeah, they had to make uh, If they were going to do that, they had to let Nash be Nash, right? <laughs> I mean, that's why people started liking him in the first place. He was getting all this fan support because he was this big, scary monster, badass heel. And then all of a sudden, they're like, hey, put on the sweater and sing Christmas carols. <laughs> it's like, it doesn't work, dude. It doesn't work. Nope. Uh-uh. 
<laughs> Definitely not going to work. Uh, Nesha says she loves Swerve Scott. Yeah, I do too. I think he's awesome. Yeah, Nesha, you got to watch MLW. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Love it. It's such an easy hour of wrestling television that you can really attach and get connected to characters, whether you hate them or like them. So, um, Nesha then said it was uh, too early for Sammy to lose the belt. Uh, do you agree with that? No, I think he's fine now. I think you, uh, the TNT title did its job for Sammy Guevara. And, you know, now I think you can move on to have him feud, whether that's with, um, you know, Jericho's new faction or somebody else in general. I think I would like to see him just go off on his own and kind of carve his own niche. And it's looking like that. He's going to go maybe against, you know, uh, Paige Van Zandt and Ty Conte are mixing it up. Uh, maybe he'll mix it up with Scorpio Sky a little bit more too and continue a feud over the TNG championship. Um, starting off, but yeah, I, I mean, to me, it's, it feels like a shoot. Like I, I kind of agree with Nesha here, Dom, where like, you know, you, uh, you didn't, he didn't really have the belt for that long. Then he dropped it to Cody. Then Cody dropped it back. And it's like, it's, it's, it wasn't again, it, like if you're going to put a belt on a talent, it's like, it may, if you flip flop the belt too much, it becomes the intercontinental championship in WWE right now, where it's like, it doesn't mean anything where it used to mean something. Um, and the TNT title, especially because of its legacy with Brody Lee, I think you need to protect it. And I think that when you flip it too often, it's a problem. So, like, in theory, to me, Scorpio Sky should hold that belt for six months. I agree. I agree now. Yeah. No, I agree. You should have him go same, on a lengthy same thing, with Sammy, same thing with Sammy Guevara. Should have held the belt for six months. Longer. My argument for that, like I said last week, is he's one of the few to hold it multiple times. So, uh, I think that kind of supplements the longevity of a run uh, in comparison. Now, obviously, you don't want to do that too, too often. Like, Cody held it three times. But now you have uh, Sammy hold it multiple times. Well, kind of makes up for him not having as long as run as others. So yeah, I mean, there's there's only been four total AEW champions thus far in the two years that it's been around, or three years now that the, the company's been around. Um, how many TNT champions have there been? There have been a lot. That's been a lot. But in that light, uh, the TNT title is a television title. Ways. So it I is, mean, it is, but that doesn't mean that you should shit on it by by flip flopping it. Too no, much. it doesn't. It doesn't. But it's also like, how many times does that title get defended too? So it's like often, very often. Yes. So I think it kind of balances out. Obviously, you don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to go overboard with it. I think they're still in a fine position where it still means a lot. It's still like holding that belt seems like a lot. I got a, I got a couple things to say here. One of them has to do with what John Howard has, has mentioned there. But first, Dom, uh, I think that you can kind of position Sammy Guevara pretty successfully uh, if you were to get that intergender tag team title. Him and Tay Conti, they they just look good together on screen, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they they look like they should be a couple, and they are. Um, and I think that it would be fun to have intergender. I mean, you could involve Paige Van Zandt, her her husband or boyfriend or whoever that dude is. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of options. Britt Baker and uh, Adam, Adam Cole. Cole How yep. fun would that be? A feud between Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Sammy and Tay Conti. You know, it's it could be a lot of fun. Something that uh, is never really done in a major promotion. So it's like if you do that, I mean, people liked that. What the, what the fuck was that called that WWE did on that Facebook, that Facebook tag team thing? Can't remember. But they did like intergender tag team, and people were intrigued by that. And like, I, it's interesting. If you create storylines for that, that could be something very, very cool, and something that stands out makes your product stand out. So it's interesting. Yeah, you know, um, be selective with your uh, 
with what titles you introduce. But if you do it the right way, like you can make those really mean a lot and be fun, a fun little excursion for people, you know, to mix up, give yourself the ice cream variety of things. So. Don, my next thing I wanted to talk about was what John Howard mentioned. Uh, he said, I want to see Scorpio versus lethal in AEW. And I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to talk about that, although I'd love to see that. Uh, really what I want to talk about is something that I think it was brought up on WHW this week. Uh, what happened when, uh, also on adfreeshows.com. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's, how would you feel about lethal reprising his black machismo role on AEW? Kind of feels like a waste not to do it. I mean, they're not using him right now that much. So um, that's why it would work. All of a sudden, like this very super compelling, like this dude who just thinks he's Randy Savage. um, Like that. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of, get me into it. That is a fun, entertaining thing to have on your program. I think, and yeah. and thing is, he doesn't always have to work like Randy Savage. He can bust out the elbow drop and like the punches and all that Randy Savage stick shtick, but he can still do some of the awesome, fun, dynamic stuff. That now, would can you do. do it in a way where he's like Finn Balor and the Demon? No, <laughs> no, I, I think you would just be like Jay Lethal who's portraying Randy Savage. It's something that really, I mean, it was done on TNA, obviously, but it's something that we haven't seen on like a major, major stage. And we haven't seen it in a while. Like he, he popped it out, I think, at uh, All Out. And all just, in, I mean, yeah. Honestly, the outfits that he could come out wearing alone are enough to make me want to see it. Because like you could have like, you know, the late 80s Savage with like the, the pink trunks and the stars on his trunks. And then you could have him come out as like, you know, 1991 Randy Savage. You could have him come out as NWO Randy Savage. There's just like so many. You could have him come out as like Bonesaw Randy Savage. Bonesaw there's just, Randy. <laughs> there's just so many. St. Louis Cardinals Randy Savage. <laughs> dude, there's just so many fun options that you can choose from. It's like it, it, it feels like a waste not to do it. And by the way, Dominic. Really, what they should be going for, what Tony Khan and everybody or whoever's in charge of advertising should be going for is say, hey, Slim Jim, we've got a guy who does a perfect Randy Savage impersonation. Why don't you join us as a sponsor? Why don't you sponsor us like you used to do with Hell? Hey, remember how you tried to get CM Punk in 2014 to be a Slim Jim sponsor? Well, we got him now for you. Uh, Right here. Him and Jay Lethal. Dude, Jay Lethal doing Randy Savage on national TV commercials. It would be monstrous. Yes. Uh, John Howard, getting get my gears turning here. He said, he said his Ric Flair was fire. Marcus, what, how would you feel about a Ric Flair not managing maybe Swerve, but a Black Machismo Jay Lethal? Or or him managing Ric Flair version of Jay Lethal. I think it would be fun to have Jay Lethal just come out as different legends. I would sometimes. know. I think that would kind of dumb it down. We, we associate him as Black Machismo. So I think if you're going to do it, you do Black Machine. You don't do Flair. You could have Flair come out and manage him and stuff. I think that'd be kind of fun. Could be fun. Mm-hmm. I know the Flair absolutely loves his shtick, so it could be a really good time. All right. Here's an interesting thing that I'm always for, Lance Hoyt, uh, Lance Archer uh, getting over. I think Lance Hoyt should be the next AEW World Champion, although I don't want a hangman to lose it anytime soon. Um, Marcus, how would you feel about Lance Archer eventually becoming AEW World Champ, and in what kind of light would you have that happen? Um, I I don't see him 
as as champion yet. And it's not because I don't think he's a good performer. I do. I like I like Lance Hoyt, and I think his presentation is really fascinating. Um, but to me, it's very much in the same vein as it's actually a little bit less than what we're what we're getting with Adam Page right now. You know, I've been saying on the program here a few times that like Adam Page isn't really working as a champion because he's not getting these super juicy, interesting, compelling storylines. Well, you want to talk about not getting super juicy, interesting, compelling storylines. Let's talk Lance Hoyt um, or Lance Archer. He's not getting them. Like, there's nothing fascinating about his character right now. Uh, The most fascinating thing about him is him. The fact that he looks the way he does. He's a good performer. Uh, He's good on the mic. But that's about it. I love the aspect of him, like, just beating the fuck out of somebody. Like, you know, um, him, like, kicking somebody's ass to the ring on the way to the ring, whether that's an opponent or just some rando. But... Tell you what, I, it was it was a hard recovery for me after he tore Jake the Snake shirt off his body that one time. But yeah. how it's been great! A long a long road to recovery for for me as far as liking Lance Lance Archer again. I think, I mean, but how they introduced him was so awesome. Where it was like in that like almost justified s Kentucky almost like like backwoods like open ring where he was just kicking the shit out of these people. Like, just beat the shit out of people. And I think there was a, there's a lot to go with that. And it's just like, yeah, he's just been, like, just in and out as a heel or a face. You kind of don't know where his he's first lining ma- His first match back after injury or whatever, he just does the job, I think. Who, who did he do the job for? I can't remember. Was it Hangman? In the program with Hangman you're talking about? He, he returned from injury. And then it's just he instantly does the job, and then it's like, well, okay, see you on elevation or whatever. <laughs> like, it's there's just nothing. Look again, I like Lance Archer. Uh, Dom, you and I met him in Chicago. Very, very friendly dude. Um, huge, huge guy. Great look. Like he's there's there's a lot of value to Lance Archer. I love Lance Archer. I think he should be a world champ. But some John Howard says um, he uh, should go to ROH. I'd be fine with that. And she, yeah. We talked about that last week, I think. Well, look, it would open up. Oh, my wife's coming down to take a dump again. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, she likes that. <laughs> no, yeah, she wasn't pleased. Uh, well, yeah, look, I mean, if it opens up more lanes, so to speak, and, and presents more opportunities for a compelling storyline to be told with him, then I'm 100% all for it. Let's do it. Um, but until then, uh, no, I don't see him being TNT champion right now, Dominic. Let alone I don't think champion. he should be a TNT champion. I think you have to really focus on him and make him like cultivate a good story and include Jake. If you want to keep Jake with them, keep Jake with them, but include right. him and put them in that right position. It's, I think this is just a big Achilles heel right now for AEW in general with their stars is like, you got to get the focus on there. Hopefully ROH introducing ROH as a brand will do that where you get that opportunity to kind of like get things going. Now this is leads perfectly into what Stephen Chambers is asking. I'm, I'm back I'm glad now. you addressed this, Dom. I wanted yeah. to, wanted to keep I'm back it. now. Quick question. Joey Janela contract expires May 1st and AW will not resign him. Janela believes he's injured Kingston super kick. His eye reason is, is why he's not saying. Um, it's you know, not belly. Uh, it's not ballet. I don't think that's necessarily the, the thing. I think that's just, they, they know they have a surplus of talent. And that they know that, like, Joey Janela was one of their starter guys that, that came into it. But uh, you need to, again, you just need to, you're assigning a whole bunch of talent. You got to remove yourself from a lot of talent, unfortunately. And, you know, um, I just think 
you you got to make those decisions and as tough and you know difficult as those can be sometimes like i mean joey janela he's he's a good guy that got people in the position to to move on but like you know uh and i like joey janela i think there is uh he's got a good personality and stuff like that but like gcw is like his bag man and i think that's just kind of you know, you have to make that decision of like what you're, what you want your brand and identity to be like. And I think Joey Janela, you could somebody that we could you could bring back into the rotation here and there to make appearances or whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, it's just like you got to be selective on who you choose. And Joey Janela has had a run, and like his contract's expiring, so it's just like that's just the name of the game. Especially with more talent coming, it just makes sense to let him go. But look, I don't believe for a second that. Uh, hitting somebody with a stiff super kick would get you removed from a program. Like how many, how many stiff, nasty, accidental shots have we seen on TV, um, or on purpose shots where somebody's trying to get busted open the hard way? You know, it's it's we've we've seen all that stuff for a long time. And that's the saying in wrestling, right? It's not ballet, uh, and it's not. It's going to happen. It'll continue to happen. Um, for the, for the rest of the history of wrestling, people are going to get potatoed and take super kicks right to the mouth. Uh, so yeah, it's, I don't believe that for a second, really, really, he's suffering from the same issue that I was just talking about with Lance Archer, where it's, there's, again, there's only so much TV time and there's so much talent. Um, it's like, it's, when's the last time you saw Joey Janelle on Dynamite? It's been a while. It's been a long while. It's been a long while. So even while he was under contract, they're not using him. And by the way, it's all guaranteed money now. So he's getting paid 52 weeks a year uh, and appearing on Dynamite. I haven't seen him in maybe a year. Maybe it, I would say at least six months for As sure. As a viable yeah, identity or whatever on there. Right. Um, so, the, I mean, he's coming out for Dark or Elevation or whatever, but your national TV program, we're not seeing him. But he's still making a paycheck. So it's, you know, like – it's simple business. If you're not using somebody in your business um, and you're paying them well, it's like, well, where can we cut costs? How about that guy that we're not using that we're giving money to? I think um, too is like, it's going to be a lot of feelings and like where you're, you're, we're going to, you know, you got to see talent move on in, in certain ways. And like, we're going to see a lot of talent that does move on that we're going to be like, Oh man, they were underutilized. Or like, I wish they would have done something with this person or this gal or guy or, you know, and, you know, it's going to be kind of bittersweet in a lot of ways to see some of these talents move on. But, you know, like wrestling's wrestling. The landscape is different now where it's like, uh, you know, you can still be a viable force on the independent scene and make a, a decent living. You know, you look at what Effie does and some other stars like that, that really, you know, Matt Car Cardona, what he's doing and everything. You know, you got to position yourself in that light. And that takes a lot of work and a lot of hustle. But, you know, there's still stuff for that, you know. Um, but you know, it's going to be a weird, uh, seeing a lot of these talents move on, but it's almost, it's just a necessity part of the business, especially when you have this much talent on your roster, you know, no um, question. Don, we got to wrap this thing up. We do got to wrap this up. Uh, bring back killer elite swats. That's a great idea too. Steven Chambers, David boy Smith and Lance Archer. I think that's a good way to, to get him kicking again. Could I be mean, a good way to use very awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, AEW bring in Enzo. You know, I like it. And, and his next thing there uh, between Kingston and Enzo, those two lighting oh, each other up on the mic. My gosh, that would be great. That would yep. be great. Marcus, they're fighting the Hardys coming up here at uh, Northeast Wrestling, Enzo and Cass. Well, that's uh, a blast. Fucking cool. You got to look online and see uh, Enzo cut a promo on the Hardys. It's good shit. 
No and, doubt about it. Uh, John, again, MLW, Enzo's in that, and he cuts a fantastic promo. Um, not this week, but the week episode before. You have to watch it. Really, really good. Um, I love Enzo. I would love to see him. I think he's he's got a great look. Um, plenty of talent aren't, like, you know, amazing in the ring. So th- there's room for everybody in that regard. Um, you his, know, his mic work more than makes up for any downside he has in the ring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Enzo's he's great. He's awesome. I would love to see him in the mix again. Um, I think there's a lot of money in Enzo still. So yes, I agree with you, John and several other people do too. April agrees with you as well as Nesha. So we got, we got that cooking on here. Marcus, before we go, I got to ask you this Uh, as a homage to Scott Hall uh, in a perfect world, say if he was signed by AEW, you know, everything was in good manners state and everything like that who would you have him manage enzo more okay i'm saying AEW roster member though that's it that's what i'm saying bringing scott and enzo more with scott as his manager okay i i'm saying current talent here mark <laughs> enzo no I'm, uh uh well who would benefit the most having scott you know come out we will or her could be that too I don't know. Who do you got? You know, like, look, it's to me, it's got to be somebody who fits his personality, and that's yes. why I selected Enzo. As he's just perfect for it. Now, as far as somebody who's still in AEW, I mean, the only you person think that, somebody with a mic that that might need a mic piece, I would think somebody that would need or mouthpiece, and just somebody that yeah, that could very much get the rub from a legacy talent. They can. How about? How about this? How about Ruby Soho? That could be fun. I think that'd be real fun. Ruby yeah. Soho would be a great one. Yeah, I think that could work. Mm-hmm. And she's good uh, on the mic too, but I think... I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't hate seeing him with Andrade El Idolo. That'd be pretty good. Um, As Razor, which, is, oh, which wouldn't work because they don't have the copyright. Don't have the copyright. <laughs> that would be pretty sweet though. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, shoot, I'm trying to think real quick too who could maybe work with. Uh, I'm going with Andrade El Idolo. Okay. I'm going Ruby Soho. I think that'd be sweet. All right. Let's wrap it. All right. I got Marcus, yes. you, you were dropping some uh, shameless plugs throughout the evening here. Yes, Why don't I you was. do it another one? Let's see what's going on here at After Shows. Yeah, I mean, you guys heard us talking about going to Dallas. Uh, it's Super Show Live, baby. Um, so, I mean, obviously, Ad Free Shows has got all the podcasts, early and ad free, additional content, bonus episodes. You get to talk to all of the hosts on Ad Free Shows. Uh, like something like once a month, we'll, we'll do like, we've got an Ask Arn coming up where you can yes. talk to Arn Anderson live. Uh, there, it, a ton of fun stuff going on over there. So you got to check out adfreeshows.com. Go to adfreetrial.com if you're on the fence for crying out loud. Uh, just see what's going on. Um, and uh, check out supershowlive.com. Um, with Dominic and I are going to be there. We're going to be in Dallas. We're going to be working that event. Um, so come by, say hello, go get your tickets right now. VIP tickets are available. And by the way, if you get the super VIP, you get backstage passes. Uh, you get to hang out with all the talent, have some drinks. Matt Hardy is going to sign an exclusive uh, with a fight TV card. I'm sorry. Jeff Hardy is going to sign an exclusive card that you can't get anywhere else. There we're also going to have people there grading those cards on site. Uh, so they'll slap it for you. And all of a sudden you've got something you're probably going to want to stick in a safe. Um, so yeah, check out supershowlive.com. Uh, and if you're in Dallas, come say hi. We're going to be there. We're going to be at WrestleCon. It's going to be a good time. Yeah. Hey, hang with us. We'll 
to have a drink with you or whatever, you know? No doubt. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to being in Texas. Um, How many you got? Well, speaking of Adfree shows, I have a new little uh, shindig going on uh, over there at Adfree oh, shows. Oh, yes, you do. Uh, so if you are, Marcus, I don't, what level would you have to be at to get access to this? Would this just be the, the any nine level. Monthly? Any, any level. level. Any Sign level. up at adfreeshows.com. So if you guys are interested, the incentive here is me. <laughs> I get to, I'm doing this day in history every day. So, uh, oh, Dominic, I'm sorry to interrupt you. April earlier said Scott Hall with Sammy Guevara. Eh, I could see it. I thought about that too. I thought that was it. He came across my mind. I just like, I like him, the dynamic with him with a young woman wrestler. I think that'd be really cool. Um, but, Go on, Dom. Yeah. But uh, so I do this day in history and uh, what I do, how I do it, uh, it comes through your email if you're a Patreon. And I have one major topic of this day in history that I cover. And then I give you two other things. Uh, another uh, uh, person from Ad Free Shows. Uh, what's his name on Twitter, Marcus? Um, he's one of our social media guys. But uh, you're talking about a wrestling historian. Yes, a wrestling historian. So he he cultivates he uh, curates a lot of the things, and then I write about them. So it's a good uh, tag team combination there. So uh, you'll get that every day in your email at adfreeshows.com. Uh, as far as WrestleZone, all right, this is a big thing. If you have the opportunity, I'd love. I'd love if you got to read my Scott Hall uh, editorial that I just wrote. Um, it's about him leaving his legacy and making one cool love story for pro wrestling. Uh, so it's just my tribute to Scott Hall. Um, one of the things I'm really happy about uh, writing and felt honored to write about him. And uh, so it made me a lot if you read it for. But um, as far as anything else goes, uh, yes, if you can't subscribe to Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage on your iTunes or on your Spotify and give us a five-star review. Now, you will see recently that no, some of the older, our recent episodes are not on there. I'm going to get them up there, including this one. And so uh, if you write a review, five stars. Heck, if you give a, if we get up to 10, 10 reviews on there uh, via iTunes, Spotify, we'll do a little giveaway here. I'll be happy to do a little giveaway and get something out to one of you guys or gals, you know, so, um, but just go, go type in two dynamite dudes on a rampage. It's going to be old episodes at this point, but write us a review, get things kicking. Uh, and then, Hey, send us a screenshot, send me a screenshot on Twitter. We'll get stuff, stuff going there. Um, as far as anything else goes, check out the extreme life with Matt Hardy. Recent episode, Jeff Hardy is on there. Uh, and he opens up, really cool you will love this interview i'm telling you it's a must listen must watch um jeff is just completely open and matt's just there right with them and they're chatting like brother i was telling texting marcus as it was getting recorded it's like they, these two remind me of me and you man and it's it's cool to see so give that a check out as far as wrestle zone goes we got some uh, good stuff kicking up on there uh always has the interview stuff rolling with bill he's doing some good stuff and contest ca is keeping on up to date too with everything so Give a look at WrestleZone.com. Follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. Follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Or WrestleZone.com. You can go to WrestleZone.com for all wrestling news needs. Marcus, social media-wise, it's at yeah, Marcus. Follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo. Follow at Free Shows at Ad Free Shows. And, uh, yeah, uh, guys, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, Dom, we're on a little roll here. Oh, yeah. We're, we're cooking. Yeah, that's just keeping us in line, so it's all working out here. It's all working out. <laughs>
She said, That's why I like, do it. I don't want to get chastised. I know. I'm, I'm always, she, even when we were absent, she was like, Hey, when's the show? Happen? What's going on here? <laughs> well, good. we're back, baby. Keep it up um, but okay, guys, we will see you next week right here on two dynamite dudes with attitude on a rampage, whatever it is. We'll catch you next time. Catch you next time. One more. Look good, yeah.